Welcome to the ANA Podcast, Sports Talk, with your hosts, Anthony Cortez and Alex Ashley. Welcome to the AA Sports Show. I am Anthony Cortez. What's going on, everybody? I'm Alex. All right. Welcome to episode two. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hello. Huh? <laughs> Do apparently is Hindi for two. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. Do. 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 Dio is all it says is Dio. Do. Is in like dough, bread, like dough. Almost, yeah. Cool. Man. Well, thanks so much for tuning in and joining us on this lovely, whatever time of day it is for you. Uh, whether you're walking the dogs, cleaning, cleaning the house, whatever you're doing. Thanks so much for giving us your time and your ears. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our intro episode. Um, and we can't wait to hear from you. So, um, why have we gathered you here? If this is your first time joining us, why have we gathered you here and uh, what are we doing? So basically, me and Alex are two good friends that met while working at a hotel that shall not be named a couple years ago. It's 2015, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, 2015. Um, we no longer work at the hotel, but uh, we kept in touch along the years because uh, we kind of hit it off right away when we met and talking about sports and shooting the shit about sports and um, I kind of knew right away when I started talking to this guy that he knew a lot more than I did. <laughs> and, um, Not true. Huh? Not true. I mean, nah. somewhat is. Meh. Somewhat is. Um, but I had this idea of starting a sports podcast. Uh, there was originally supposed to be a Rangers podcast, but we expanded it into all sports in general because that's just who we are. We like everything. But hey, if we sound biased towards the Spurs and Rangers, that's because we are. Um, and if he sounds biased towards the Falcons, that's because he is. Rise up. Yes, sir. So, yeah, we're, that's why we've gathered you here. We're two good, really friends that, um, two good, really good friends. <laughs> two, two good friends that I wanted to start a sports show, and I could think of no one better than Alex to do it with. I have other friends out there, and you guys know who you are, and I love you guys, but um, I think you'll. I hope you all understand why I chose Alex, but I'd love to have get we, you know, when the time comes, we'd love to have more guests on, more friends on, and exactly. have fun with this and see where we can take it. So yeah, that's what we're doing. We're gonna get together every weekend, not every weekend, every week, every Wednesday, or that's when you'll hear this hopefully. And then we're gonna get together every week and talk about sports, and we'll go more in depth as well with conversations, uh, talking about why certain things are why they are why certain things are important all sorts of things we've discussed we've bounced ideas off each other and discussed lots of things so well um yeah we're going to try to go more in depth and we're not going to try to be the the cliche sports podcast that you listen to but so we're going to try to offer something different and um <laughs> the basic bitch sports show <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a great name. I don't want to be that. Oh, shit. But um, we're going to try to offer something different, offer something fun, and then hopefully when the time comes, we can offer um, some fun goodies for y'all to uh, connect with, connect us with, and so hopefully we can give out some goodies, some shirts, thing, good things like that. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll have fun with it. Alex, thanks so much for doing this with me, man. Hey, yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. And uh, let's get into it. So every week, we're going to give you uh, six topics. We're going to bring you six topics. Um, and we're also going to read some mail on the, on the show when we do get it in. Um, eventually. Eventually, we, hopefully, we will get mail in. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get hate mail. God, I can't wait to read hate I mail. I can't wait for hate mail. That's, I'm, I'm so excited. excited yeah. We've recorded in the past, for those, um, 
for those listening, we've recorded in the past because we, we promoted it on our own personal accounts that we were going to start a sports podcast. Um, things have happened that in our personal lives that just have, uh, have delayed it for various reasons. Various reasons that we're not going to get into. But um, yeah, we're, uh, we're starting now and we've. we've uh, where was I even going with that? Uh, sh- oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we have an, we, we're going to have an email. We're going to have an email. Yeah. Double A Sports Show at gmail.com. It's double spelled out. One A Sports Show at gmail.com. And then we're going to be on social media, of course, because social media runs the world. Yes, it does. We're going to be at, on Facebook at AMA Sports Show. And then on Twitter and Instagram as well, AA Sports Show. So uh, go find us there. Listen to us on Simplecast. Yes, sir. Thank you for the simple cast. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. For doing what you guys do. For doing what you guys <laughs> Appreciate do. Appreciate that. For allowing us to broadcast and yeah. for allowing us to put this on the internet for people to hear. On so the thanks. online. Huh? On the online. Yeah, on the online. So, yeah. Been hanging out in Castorilla a lot lately, so I got to get my redneck on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, let's get into it. So, topic one here. We're going to bring six topics every week. Topic one for this week is. Um, we thought it'd be pretty cool to start a lessons learned segment uh, in sports because mm-hmm. in sports you just naturally learn lessons without even knowing it sometimes. Um, so for this week's episode, for this week's uh, segment, we're going to do participation trophies. Last episode, if you heard it, we're gonna, we got into a little bit of uh, why we play sports mm-hmm. or why... Or different questions about yeah, sports. Um, uh, and... So we thought participation trophies would be a good kind of thing to get into because participation trophies are handed out in youth athletics primarily. And did I honestly still don't know where I, where I lean on this, but... Um, yeah, I mean, there's I, a... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're, I was going to say, there's a lot of debate about it in both directions. Um and I think the thing they find most interesting is, in my opinion, a lot of them, and again, this is my opinion, but a lot of them, I don't know. I feel like sometimes we don't give kids enough credit. I feel like we don't give kids enough credit for being aware of the value and the meaning behind things. Um, so, okay. So, once, for a while, I was working on it. I was researching participation trophies because I, I, I heard a debate about it, and I, I thought it was extraordinarily interesting to get into. Um, some of the questions that I really thought about were, you know, how to, what do participation trophies promote? Are kids smart enough to quote unquote get it? How do the participation trophies affect kids? Do you lose any lessons by getting these things? Um, and I found a lot of really good information. Um, so, the the big one that I wanted to talk about is there was this study that was done a while back, um, and this group, of a couple of researchers, took three different groups of kids, um, and all of them they they tested you know tons of kids and they found the ones that enjoyed drawing with felt tip markers, right? So they got three groups of kids. One group of kids they told them, hey, the more that you draw in this time frame the better your reward will be. You will get a reward if you draw like the most or um, for the longest amount of time. One group, they didn't tell them that they were going to get any kind of reward at all whatsoever. They would just put them in a room with markers and was like, go and do it. And the last group, they didn't tell them they were going to get any reward for it, but they did tell them what the study was about, essentially. They said, hey, we want to see, you know, what kids, well, how kids 
you know, draw, like what kind of deal. And the, the focus was on intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. Basically, are you doing it because you want to be rewarded or are you doing it because you enjoy it? So over the course of the study, in a, basically, I'll just sum it up. The, the kids who knew they were going to get rewarded for drawing actually ended up drawing less than the two groups of kids who were not going to be rewarded for drawing. The group that did the most drawing is actually the group that said, hey, we're not going to reward you for anything, but we want to. We want you to draw as much as you can, as opposed to the test group where they didn't say anything and they just gave them the markers. Yeah. Now, what that tells us when you look at it, and if you guys want to know more about it, eventually when we get a, our Facebook up and going, I'm going to post the link that you guys can go and read this uh, article on. Um, but what it is, basically, what it says is that when kids are doing, and I think this applies for most people anyway, but when kids are doing something that they enjoy and they're not necessarily going to be rewarded for it, they're doing it because they enjoy it, they tend to try more yeah. because it's not an outside source making them do this thing. It, they want to be doing this thing already. Yeah, of course. Um, which in uh, all of that kind of plays into the participation trophy. You know, how does it affect kids? Well, uh, you know, there I think there are going to be a large number of kids who, if they know they're going to get rewarded no matter what they do, aren't going to try any more to do well. For instance, let's take Little League Baseball. If kids go into every season going, you know what? It doesn't matter how we do. As l- I'm going to get a trophy at the end of this year. Yeah. I'm going to get a trophy. I'm going to be rewarded for just showing up, yeah. essentially, which is what I personally think participation trophies kind of reward. It almost just rewards attendance yeah. because you could do absolutely nothing. You could do your minimum three outs. You could do your minimum one at bat and get a trophy at the end of the year. It's almost more of a reward for the parents for being able to take their kids to practice it really is. all the time. It really you know, is. It's like them saying, my kid's going to get something no matter what because – I showed up. <laughs> I took the time to drop him off in practice. Up, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I think participation trophies don't necessarily promote, like, a negative. They're not necessarily negative. I don't see them as negative. Nor honestly. do I. Like, I see them as not necessary. Uh, I agree with that. Because I, I, I think... So the argument for participation trophies is that they're a motivator. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, I didn't have... I see that. I do, too. I I can totally understand that. Totally agree with... I'm totally fine with that. But if you have to constantly be motivated outside of you... Of the thing that you like to do, then you're not going to be very good at it necessarily anyway. Now, granted, there are those kids who are extraordinarily athletic, and they're just going to be good at anything that they do. We've all met those people that are just, whatever they pick up, they're good at. You know what I'm saying? But if you don't love what you're doing, you're not going to motivate yourself to get any better. And that almost feeds into complacency. Yeah. You're not going to continue to try to grow. You're not going to continue to try to get better because you already right. get a reward and you don't like doing it in the first place. Right. You know what I'm saying? Maybe your parents are making you do this. Maybe it's to fulfill yeah. you know, mom and dad's dream of you being the all-star baseball player. And you don't care. You don't. You're just doing it because you're okay at it and it gets you. Sometimes I even okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It also kind of depends on the actual child. And the, I don't want to say the family, but just no, the child. Because yeah. you never know what the child's intentions are as well. Because you never know, like, 
does the kid really want to be doing this? Or is the kid, like we kind of got into on our intro episode, if you listen to it, does, do they really want to be doing it? Or are they doing it because they're being forced to? Yeah, do they feel obligated do to? Do they feel obligated to? Or do they give a shit? Do At they, all? Like, <laughs> you know? like Yeah. Or are they doing it because it kills time? Or are they doing it because it's something to do? Are they doing it because they're hoping to make friends along the way? Which you would hope that some people, you know, some, right. some of these kids are doing. It's right. like they're intentionally trying to, you know, make friends while they're playing athletic sports. But And much to that point, too, the, I, th- I feel like participation trophies can take away some of the lessons that you learn in sports, you know. Yeah. For my, for me, my biggest one is that you promote losing, it, again, in my opinion, losing becomes okay. And in a competitive sport, if the goal is to be competitive and to constantly strive to be number one, if you're giving out trophies for losing, then why are you like you're not you're not learning that you're learning that losing is okay. Yeah. You tried, and so here's a trophy. Yeah. When in a lot of situations in life, that's not okay necessarily. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. And I, I like to use this one as an example. Let's say. There are, you know, five people that apply for a job, right? Perfect example. And you get, you know, second, essentially. You know what I'm saying? Somebody else gets hired, but you, you were going to be the guy. And you probably get a few follow-up emails. Right. But you don't get the job. Right. You don't get the job. You're not going to get a trophy. No. And you didn't learn necessarily when you were younger how to bounce back from that. How do I try harder? What do I need to do to evaluate myself and see what I did wrong or how to do better? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How do you grow from getting second place? Well, if you're rewarded for getting second place, then what the fuck is the point? Again, it feeds hey, into complacency. Huh? Hey, thanks for trying. Yeah, right? And again, like I understand they can be a motivator. Some kids need that. It's, like you said, depending on the kid. Yeah. Correct. I 100% agree with that. It depends on the individual. But also think about how much money these leagues could be saving. Oh, dude. dude. Think about the better equipment they could use and or the right. uniforms or yeah. the amount of kids that could even be playing. Yeah. You and that's where, I, that's where I have to bring it in the point of I don't see it as necessary because – and I, I'll bring up a so I'll bring up a story that I had in mind here. Where, man, I forget who I was. I forget where I was, but I was somewhere watching a relative's uh, little league game, and I remember specifically. I'm pretty sure it was one of my cousins. I just honestly can't remember, but pretty sure it was one of my cousins, and they were playing little league baseball. And um, forget which little league. Even if I did, I probably wouldn't mention it. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember specifically coaches. These these were kids like two. These were kids ten and under. Okay. I think, pretty sure. Okay. If I remember correctly, these were kids ten and under, and I remember the coach specifically like they were handing out like participation trophies. This was the end of the year for them. This was the end of the end of the season for them, and all the kids were getting trophies. And this coach had a specific little speech that he was doing for every kid, and it didn't bother me, but it was like. Well, it did bother me, but it was, it, it didn't irritate me. It was, he basically said to every child, to every kid, you know, blah, 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 whatever, whatever the name, whatever the name was, we were a better team because you were on it. And it didn't rub me the wrong way, but it, it made me kind of think just like, what is it values or it diminishes the value. Yeah. You know? That's you. It. But it kind of like, I kind of wanted to like, I didn't want to ask him personally, but I was just asking myself like, 
And not, what's the point? But like, what kind of what good is that doing? You know, right. you know, it's like I mean, I see the I, I, I see the intent. You, you know, you're trying to make this. You're trying to make kids feel better, but you're telling it to every single like kid you're giving the trophy to, literally right. verbatim, dude. Like every yeah. every other kid. We were a better team because you were on it. We were a better team because you were on it. We were a better team because you were on it. <laughs> we're a better team because we'd have to have all the players to play the game. So, exactly. Yeah, of course we have to be here. It's of like, course we're a better team. I didn't... Like, no disrespect or anything. I just... I, I just questioned it. I didn't, It didn't bother me. Okay, yes, it did bother me a little bit. But it only bothered me in the way that I had to think about it. Like, I was thinking to myself... It's something I wouldn't say. Right. That's the best way I know how to describe it. It's something when I get there in my life, whenever that time comes. But we should coach a team. We should sign up and see if we can't coach a little league team around here. I'm down. I'm down. Okay. That'd be dope. I'm down. Right on. Uh, Sidebar. <laughs> Side note. Side note. Alex and Anthony may coach a little league one day. Get your kids ready. Yeah. Right. Sorry in advance. <laughs> Well, but and to your point, like I was saying, like I feel like we don't credit kids enough for understanding the value of things. Yeah. Like I think when a kid receives a participation trophy but knows that the first place team, the second place team, the third place team are getting bigger, better, nicer, shinier. And I, I say trophies, not, you know, yeah. I, I just, I, it's kind of a generic term, a reward, I guess I should say. When they know that the reward for winning is so much more, they understand the value of the trophy that you're giving them is kind of... I don't have a single one of my participation trophies. I do. I just... I never kept on to them because I didn't care about them anymore. Yeah. I still do, but I only have one trophy that I really cared about, and it wasn't even... It wasn't a participation trophy. It was a trophy that I that I got because I made an all-star team on my Little League team. Basically, uh, so in Little League... Uh, for those of you who do know, in Little League... Um, Best years of his life. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Athletically wise. <laughs> um, uh, like 10 to 12, 10, 13, I guess, uh-huh. is when you're eligible to make the Little League World Series in Williamsport. Okay. So I was in that I've age. I've been there. Huh? I've been there. You've been to Williamsport? Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, not like with baseball, but my How family and I... How this just now? Well, I don't, I don't know. It never came up. What? <laughs> yeah, my family and I went... I have some family, I guess, up in Pennsylvania on my mom's side, and we went up a long time. I have a picture of me pitching on the field because we no snuck in. Shit. <laughs> we broke onto the field. Dude. <laughs> Statue of limitations, though, can't, can't get to me for that, but yeah, we totally broke onto the field. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. You gotta find that picture and we're gonna post it. All right. That's Somewhere, rather. I think... My, one of my parents will have it. It doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. continue. We'll find that picture and we will post it. Yeah. That is a guarantee. That's not a guarantee. Oh, and I have these super terrible, like, Nike shoes on. They're, like, black and they have, like, these neon plastic laces. That, <laughs> like, there's no actual, like, tie. There's no shoestrings. They're yeah. just, like, it's it's terrible. Awesome. But anyway, um, I still look the same. I forgot where I was going with that. Okay, no, my, my my pitching trophy. So I so this was a year that I was playing for the not hello this Harlemdale. Um, for anyone in San Antonio that's familiar with the South Southside area, uh, there used to be Southside. What it yeah, might still be there, the Harlemdale Little League, and I was playing for the Angels, and I was actually okay. I don't want to. I'm not going to brag and get all. Eric. I want to toot my own horn, but, but toot toot. <laughs> I was I was okay. I was one of the better players on the team. I can say that with confidence. Yeah. Um, 
And I remember specifically they had they were trying out pitchers. They were trying us all out for pitchers because nobody came forward and said, "Hey, we're pitchers." Um, so they, you know, one practice we specifically lined up and like literally like played catch with each other. And one of the guys bent down, squatted down, and we just basically tried out for pitching. And they used me because I was I just threw strikes. I didn't throw hard, but I threw strikes, and that's that's all you really need. That's like half the battle in Little League. That's half the battle in Little League. And so probably actually most of the battle in Little League. It is pretty much ninety eight percent of the battle, dude. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was a guy that could throw strikes, and I remember at the end of the year, I was pretty proud of the fact that I made the All Star team, and this was the All Star team that is eligible to go to Williamsport. That's what I was saying before. Yeah, the tangent. But yeah, I made so I made the All Star team for our for our little league for our league that is eligible to go to to go to Williamsport if you happen to get that far. We were not that good. Um, and I, did, I, at the time, didn't know even that I was at that age level where I really could go to Williamsport. Right. I was just so happy to be on the All-Star team. Right. Um, but I remember, like, after the season was over, we had this award ceremony, and I got basically a trophy that said Outstanding Pitcher. And I was just pretty proud of it. I was pretty proud of it because it's, it's just, I took it as the fact that, hey, I made the All-Star team. They're giving me this trophy because I made the All-Star team, and I'm, you know, based, I was basically known as a pitcher for the team. So I was, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I'm pretty, I'm still pretty proud of that because yeah, but that's different than a participation it trophy. Is, yeah, this is a reward for excelling at a particular thing. Yeah. Hey, you were obviously one of the better pitchers in the league this year. Here's a reward for doing that. Yeah. Now, if you're like, hey, you pitched, here's <laughs> a piece of paper with your name on it. Yeah. Like that that's there's no reward like there's like no value in that. It's like you did a thing. Well done yeah. for doing that thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like that excellent. Makes perfect sense to hang on to that. But like you got last place, you got shut out every game. Here's a trophy. Thanks for showing up. Like that doesn't teach anybody anything in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't but anyway, I don't know. As you're saying, I'm sorry. It's okay. No, that's really all I had. Um, yeah. But, so anyway, but okay, here's my biggest thing. Because <clears throat> there are two, both sides of the coin are very, very stern, not stern, are very dedicated and committed to what they think. Either for participation, trophies are against it. You're for it because it, it's encouraging and it might make it feel good and it might encourage them to keep playing when they might need that extra motivation. You're against it because it could promote complacency and laziness. It you know doesn't promote, uh, it doesn't teach you some of the lessons. Yeah, whatever your side of the coin is, my best solution to fix this is just have two leagues. You have a comp league and you have a rec league. Because think about it. If the kids who are needing participation trophies are playing in a competitive league, you take away the need to give out participation trophies and that saves money. You could potentially save enough money without giving out participation trophies knowing that one league, everybody's just participating. It's all just for fun. That they're not trying to be the best. They're just doing it because they can. You don't have to give participation trophies at that point because the culture is different. Then you have a competitive league where participation trophies are only given out to the winners. And then maybe in your comp league you have, or maybe in the rec league, you know, nobody gets like a real life, not a real life trophy, but nobody gets like crazy trophies. It's more for fun and development or whatever, you know what I'm saying? If you just have two separate groups, 
one where the culture is only the winners take all and one where it's more like, well, you're just here to enjoy it. Yeah. I think that would save money. I mean, granted, you'd have to have two separate leagues, but you put on two separate days. You have, you know what I'm saying, different cultures. I think that fixes the issue inside of the sport. Yeah. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you don't want to get your ass beat, don't get your ass beat. If you don't want to try harder to not get your ass beat, join a different league. I can see that. Right? I agree with that, yeah. And it's nothing against kids. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just get bad luck. You're saying, too, make the leagues to where they, they know what they're getting into. They, right. Exactly. They, hey, this is a recreational league. Yeah. Where if you don't give a shit or That's if, you just wanna, if you just want to come, yeah. here you go. Yeah. If you want to actually compete and try to win, yeah. here you go. And, like, we already have select ball and... Like lead, yeah. you know what I'm saying, yeah. and that's fine. But select ball can be very expensive for some oh, people. Dude. Some travel people can't too. afford it. Select ball and travel ball, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, it, it, like, it, some kids don't. Some parents don't have the money for that, and it's completely understandable. Baseball can be very expensive. The traveling aspect is yeah. what really puts a strain on people. Yeah. Taking time off, the money yeah. to get there, the food, the stay, the whole. You know what I'm saying? And if they don't have that resource, then that's okay. It's not a negative by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're competitive, if you're trying to do this competitively, I feel like if there were two leagues where the standards were known far before the you know league started, that one was for fun and one is for competition, then I think you fix your issue and nobody can really bitch about it anymore. That's one way to fix it, for sure, yeah. And I, I don't want to get off too bit of a tangent here, but I... I Going back to our intro episode where I got into it a little bit, that's one thing I kind of... Well, I don't have any regrets, but that's one thing I wish I would have taken more advantage of is because I was... You know, we got into it on the last episode. I was a kid that... um, I played because I wanted to play. It was basically because my parents came to me and said, hey, do you want to play fall ball this year? Mm. Or do you want to play spring ball Mm -hmm. this year? Or do you want to play summer ball this year? I'm like, yeah, of course I want to play. But I had no idea... And I sincerely, like, generally didn't know that there was other leagues besides just fall ball and, right. and spring ball. Right. I didn't know there was select ball. There right. was, you know, travel ball. Uh, I didn't know there was, you know, other leagues like that. Um, so it's one thing I just kind of wish I would have taken more advantage of. Right. Because I would have given myself, well, I mean, in the obvious, I would have given myself the more opportunity to play. But at the same time, you also have to take into account, I just, I didn't know how not good I was. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. if, I, if I were to have played, I probably wouldn't have played that much, and I probably would have learned, I mean, I probably would have learned a valuable lesson, like, hey, dude, you're not that good, like, potential, get it, you know, get out of the way early, because right. I, I learned, I learned that in high school, I, um, I mean, I learned, I learned it in high school, I was like, I mean, I went out for the baseball team in high school. I didn't sign up for the baseball team in high school. Why? I have no ideas to this day. But um, I tried out. Uh, tried out my freshman and sophomore years. Didn't work. Didn't work out. But I had a not a heart to heart with the head coach, but like a little meeting with the coach and kind of set him aside. Like, hey, dude, you know, like, what are my realistic chances? And he told me realistically, like, not good. You know, you need to work on everything. And that's when it kind of hit me, like. I always knew to that point too. Like I always knew. I, I always knew I wasn't a good hitter. I, you know, we got onto the last episode. I wasn't the guy that you know went up at bat and I was I was looking for certain pitches. I was just looking to hit the ball, whatever whatever fucking way I could. 
Um, so yeah, I, I learned that in high school that I, you know, sadly wasn't that good. But no, you also like think about this, right? Let's say you had tried out for like, let's say there was that two league system. You tried out for that comp league, right? And all of a sudden, you get your tail whipped. You don't make it. Whatever happens, right? Yeah. That could have been the motivating factor for you much earlier on. That could have propelled you to, or excuse me, could have motivated you to work harder. That way, in high school, you could have potentially played. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, said I have no lessons regrets. learned. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not. You know, no. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, it's an interesting. It's an interesting take. And hey, we'd love to hear your comments on you know parents, kids, people who are better than us at sports, people who are way better than us. At so sports. most most people. Yeah. Most, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much everybody. Yeah. What's your take on trophies, participation trophies? Sorry. Like, yeah. You, uh, Especially parents, like he was saying, or even I would actually really like to hear from coaches. How do you see the success of participation trophies? Yeah. Do they, does it work for you and your team? Like as you've been going through kids, like is it is it is it working? Like are these kids being more motivated? Are they trying harder? Are they working harder for it? Like, what do you guys see that we maybe might not see? Yeah, because obviously we don't hang around little league all the time. I do not. All right, moving on. All right, we'll, we'll have a, we'll have more lessons learned segments for sure. We've um, we've tossed around a lot of ideas, so this this segment will be back mm-hmm. for sure. Oh yeah. Um, we get into let's get into topic number two here: NFL draft. Um, I have a little bit more uh, than Alex on this topic only because mm-hmm. I actually watched the draft because I was uh, I'm an ETSA alum and I was on the lookout for where Marcus Davenport was going to be. Uh, was going to go to for those that are familiar at all with UTSA athletics and UTSA football I'm sure you've already heard the name Marcus Davenport and uh, there was a lot of anticipation on where he was going to go um, so yeah I watched the draft it was a few um, as we're recording this right now it was a few weeks ago but I still wanted to get into it um, so I took some, I took a few notes it was uh, it was held in Arlington at the Cowboys Stadium um, which pretty cool I guess yeah you know whatever What'd you say last night? <laughs> what? What? With the hey, how do you like the new stadium? But how, also, how do you like losing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Anthony R. Last night at this uh, bar out here in San Antonio, and we were talking about how we love Rangers baseball, but it sucks because you know we're not doing too well, and we haven't been doing well for a while. We're not going to be doing well for a yeah. while either. And we built this. We're building this beautiful. Brand new stadium with a team that's going to lose like a hundred games that season. And it's and an entertainment center. Yeah, like nobody. If you can't feel the winning team, I don't care about your stadium. People aren't it's going to the stadium. Say, true. Yeah, people aren't not going to games because your stadium is weak. People are not going to games because they don't like seeing you lose. And then we made this comment about I made the comment about Cowboy Stadium, how it was very similar. I was like, fantastic, wonderful, state of the art stadium. How do you guys like losing in the playoffs? Like it, it doesn't matter what your yeah. stadium looks like if you can't win. Yeah, I've toured it too. I've toured Cowboy Stadium. I toured it a few years ago with my brother and my and his father-in-law. Um, he we went up for opening weekend of the Rangers. This was oh man, I want to say three or four years ago, something like that. But we toured Cowboy Stadium, and it's flat out ridiculous, dude. I was I was mind blown, like legitimately. That was. I was I was I was straight up awed. Like it was it's everything in that stadium is like you said, state of the art. It's 
massive. It's extraordinary. It looks, it, to me, I joke about it all the time. I joke about it whenever I go up there. <laughs> but to me, it looks like a spaceship. Ever watched the movie uh, Gladiator? Yeah. It's like when they're walking up to the yeah. Coliseum. I did not know man could feel such things. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that part. That was awesome. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've toured it and it's legitimately ridiculous. It's, I remember touring it. And I remember they took us down to the actual Cowboys locker room, and still being pretty, like I was, I was in awe. And I remember them uh, specifically saying, "If you could, please, please keep distance from the actual lockers because the wood was specially made and brought in from wherever the fuck it was, <laughs> and each was valued at, I want to say it was like nine, nine grand." Oh my god! The actual lockers, dude. Dude, that could pay for my rent for like a year. <laughs> I mean, I just remember turning around like I was like we were Ugh. we were you know in the middle of the tour or whatever, and I just remember turning around to my brother's father-in-law, and I mean like I remember giving him a look like, "Are you serious? Is that really necessary?" But anyways, um, well, but the thing also is for Dallas especially is they are one of the like they they make more money as a franchise than most any other franchise like yeah. they make they have the money to spend on stuff oh, like yeah, that sure. you know yeah for sure so yeah i don't i mean i don't mean that to sound like i'm talking down like oh no i'm talking down because i have a few fries up falcons <laughs> maddie uh, ice maddie ice but in the super bowl he was up was i don't want to talk about it okay i don't want to let's move on when's the last time dallas made a super bowl yeah so that hurt my feelings yeah. uh-huh no, it's all the Dallas. Although the Cowboys do have yeah. more rings than we do. Anyway. Anyway. Good talk. It was the Cowboys Stadium. It was a great crowd. Uh, they used, I want to say it was at least half of the stadium. Um, the, way the, sta- the, the, the way the stage was set up, they used, it was set up like a concert, basically. Where it, was, where it wasn't in the round, but it was at like, mm-hmm. where, where, where like a concert would be set up. And, um. I have in my notes here. I mean, it was a great crowd. It looks like a great atmosphere. Um, Roger Goodell got booed while Surprise. standing next to. He came out with Troy Aikman, Jason Witten, and Roger Stalback and got booed like Good. crazy, dude. It was pretty. It was pretty ridiculous. Um, but uh, I wrote this down because. Uh, my lady, Lauren, asked me while we were watching how long has Roger Goodell been commissioner. I legitimately didn't know. It's too long is the answer. <laughs> and I have here, Roger Goodell has been commissioner since August 8th of 2006, the 8th NFL commissioner. So I was pretty surprised. Yeah, that's not a whole lot. It's not a lot of commissioners. Meh. Anyway. But, yeah. Um, I just kind of wanted to go through the top ten picks here of, um, uh, I mean, I didn't really have any surprises. I just wanted to, I just... One, I wrote them down because I just wanted to go through them. But uh, there was a lot of talk about Baker Mayfield, about um, Saquon Barkley, uh, Sam Darnold, uh, Josh Rosen, guys, guys like that. And uh, so I wanted to read down the top ten here, and I'll read uh, where Marcus went. Um, for those who don't know, for those who didn't watch, for those who have no idea, uh, the Browns selected Baker Mayfield for that QB from OU, from uh, Oklahoma. Um, I didn't really think I was a surprise. There was a whole lot of there was a whole lot of talk about why the why Cleveland picked him at, at number one. But why do you think you picked him at number one? They need a quarterback, and they're just going through him. Yeah, but there are better quarterbacks than him in the draft. So why did they pick him? 
I'll tell you why I think. But why do you think they picked? I honestly don't know. I'd love to hear your take. Because he, he's a, he could be a culture changer. He's a firecracker. That's true. He is exciting to watch. Very true. He's fun to watch. I and I hate OU and I hate Mayfield because I'm I am I, I bleed burnt orange and white. Yeah. Like I, if, uh, fuck anything that has to do with Oklahoma. <laughs> And it's nothing really against the school. It's just the whole Red River rivalry. Red River showdown now or whatever it is. They changed it recently. So, he, you know, and he felt slighted against UT because he's from Austin, didn't get picked up by yes, UT. Yes. And uh, so, like, I can understand that. And, you know, he was a walk-on at OU, so he's a great story. But just fuck OU. <laughs> um, but he could be a culture changer. He's a dude that can lead a team and inspire a team if he needs to. I don't really see guys like uh, Josh Allen doing that out of Wyoming, who got picked up by the Bills, yeah. um, who traded up for him, which I also think was a huge mistake. Um, I, you know, I don't. I, I can see Sam Darnold changing that a little bit. I think he needs to grow and ma- not necessarily mature, but grow a little bit. And I think there are a lot of other guys who aren't quarterbacks or, or a lot like that. But I think the Browns selected him because they need somebody who wants to lead the team not just play for a team so let me ask you this so in my eyes this is just in my eyes in my mind I kind of see Baker and Johnny Manziel Johnny Football not as the same dude but as the same dude attitude wise like they both think yeah they're still got a lot of maturing to do you know I don't want to say they're both arrogant pricks but they you know they play they play arrogantly Right. So, do you think that could potentially be something that is like that's why Brown fans are freaking out? I think that's his downside. I think his downside is Johnny Manziel. I think he has an extraordinary upside. He is a talented dude. Dude is talented. He works harder than a lot of people. I know, like I said, he was a walk-on at OU and got drafted first. That's the first time that's ever happened. That's pretty crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not not hating on him. I think his maturity could be an issue. Could be. But like I said, that's his downside. That's I don't know how he'll end up. Yeah. But his downside is that, which is kind of the scary thing for the Browns because they aren't particularly good at drafting anyway. I'll tell you, you know. what, without even looking at their schedule right now, without even going on the internet and looking at their schedule. Ten and six. Ten and six? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I was going to ask five and over. Mm-hmm. Ten and six? Mm-hmm. Wow, dude. Look at their offense. Look at their offense. Tell me what it looks like. I don't Here, let me pull up their. Let me pull up their dudes. <coughs> their defense is not great, but getting better. But their offense right now is what has it for me. Hold on. B R O W. High spell Browns. <laughs> oh my gosh, this thing is killing me. 10 and 6. It's a bold, it's a bold statement. I know it. But watch. Okay. <laughs> Let me see here. I want to look at the depth chart right now. Okay. So at quarterback, they have Tyrod Taylor and Drew Stanton. Both fairly experienced quarterbacks. I won't say either one of them is particularly great, but Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over. And historically, when you look at good NFL teams, they don't turn the ball over. Turning the ball over typically results in losing seasons. The more you turn it over, the more you lose. It just happens that way, right? Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over. Wide receiver, they have uh, Landry. They have Gordon. They have Coleman. 
They have Rashad Higgins, who went to uh, CSU, which is the town that I used to live in. Those are good receivers. Josh Gordon is a good receiver. Yeah. Landry out of Miami is a good receiver. Okay. Coleman has a huge upside. These are fast dudes. Yeah. And they're okay at route running, too. Their line is a little meh, especially since they lost that guy to retirement. But they also got Nick Chubb and Hyde, Calvin Hyde. Or I think that's his first name. But they have Hyde and Nick Chubb. Chubb I watched out of Georgia because I'm a huge you know, Georgia fan in general. Like Bulldogs, like the Falcons, like the Braves. Used to live in Marietta. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nick Chubb is good. He's a good running back. They have weapons all over their offense right now. Okay? Now let's look at their defense a little bit. Now again, granted, it's not like the best, but they had Miles Garrett who went first last year, I think. Or not for maybe, but he was top five last year on the D line. Um, they have, you know, they have Ward that they just got out of uh, Ohio State. Like their their linebacking core is not linebacking core. Well, yeah, the linebacking core is getting better, not great, better. You know what I'm saying? But these guys, I think this team could win games, and I think where they'll win games is they're going to score. As long as they don't turn the ball over with Tyrod Taylor, they will score. Deshaun Kaiser led, I think, last year with the most interceptions of any quarterback. They couldn't score because they couldn't keep the ball. Now that they can keep the ball and they have all this talent on the offensive side, like they kept the Steelers to pretty low scores a few times. They kept good teams to low scores pretty often. It wasn't that they weren't doing well. It's they couldn't score because they couldn't hold on to the ball. Okay. I can see a 10-6 and six season optimistically. Optimistically. That may be their best season right now. But do you see... Okay. It's not a better question, but do you see them going 500 or better? Yes. 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 Okay. Maybe not by much, but they win... 500 or better. They, they will be over 500 just because I think with the guys they have now, they're not going to turn the ball over. Okay. So, did I hear correctly, you do not think Baker's going to start right out of the gate? No. He shouldn't, in my opinion. Shouldn't. He should not, in my opinion. I think they keep doing they that do to quarterbacks. Ball, though, I'm not down that at all. But, okay, so here's my thing. Most times when Browns get a quarterback, they put their guy in right away. He doesn't know their system as well as a guy who's been there maybe two or three years. True. These aren't guys that have been in the NFL and can read defenses for a while. They're like, hey, you just got out of college out of a hopefully good, hopefully good conference. And Baker Mayfield's in the Big 12 where it's all air raid. There is no defense in the Big 12. So it's not like he's been playing against tough defenses. Tyrod Taylor has been playing against tough defenses. Yeah. At least NFL defenses are tougher than college defenses. Let him start. Let Tyrod Taylor learn the playbook and let Baker Mayfield develop into an NFL quarterback. Not saying that he couldn't go out, play, and win now. But what I'm saying is, is if you don't diminish his confidence right away by putting him out there and losing, he'll do better. If he knows the system by heart, if he can walk out and call everything out himself, if he can go out knowing exactly what he's doing, if he doesn't have to have a limited playbook, if he doesn't have to be like tentative with anything, yeah. he will be better. Yeah. Baker Mayfield's one of those guys, where I think, where if he understands the whole, he can do better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And again, put Tyrod Taylor out there. Let a guy who's proven that he doesn't turn the ball over and can win in Buffalo, let him play for now. Let him 
mentor Mayfield. Let him teach Mayfield more about the game that he might not know right away. Yeah. You know? I agree. Like, don't take away his confidence so early that he can't come back from it. Essentially. Valid point. Valid point. You know? Yeah. Uh, going down the rest of the list right here, Giants selected Saquon Barkley, coming okay. back from Penn State. Good pickup. Any notes? Good pickup? Yeah, I think he's going to do great. Cool. Uh, New York Jets selected Sam Darno, QB from USC. Um, I didn't really see any surprises there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Browns, Browns, uh, believe. <laughs> Was there a trade or they, they get a trade from previous years? Or something? Maybe. I don't remember off the okay. top of my Anyways, head. Anyways, Browns had the fourth, fourth uh, selection as well and selected Denzel Ward. He's a cornerback from Ohio State. That surprised me. My, uh, I have a good buddy that's from Ohio. Isaiah is going to be listening to this. He's probably, I don't know. They didn't even ask him how he felt about that, but yeah, Ohio State. Uh, I don't know why they didn't pick Chubb. Bradley Chubb out of NC State. I think, yeah, the Broncos got him next, but he's the best player. He's the best defensive player in the draft this year. Draft. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ward is not. <laughs> I don't know if any, I don't know if enough information to say, to give an opinion. Uh, the Colts selected Quinn Nelson at, at six from Notre Dame. Good pickup. Uh, he was a guard. Uh, Bills at seven traded up and selected Josh Allen, QB from Wyoming. Don't like that. Don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think Josh Allen's that good of a quarterback. Okay, but Josh Allen is. Uh, is that the one that I was complaining? Or no, that was no, that was Rosen. Rosen, Rosen. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, my thing is like Allen has a great arm, physically fine, but he played the Mountain West on a team that's not super great. I don't think he, in my opinion, I don't. I think he's a bust. I think the Pills picked up a bust at number seven. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, at eight, the Bears selected Roquan Smith. I'm sorry if I butchered mm-hmm. your name, man. Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith, a linebacker from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. Uh, 49ers at number nine selected Mike McClin- McGlinchey, left McGlinchey. tackle from Notre Dame. Also a good pickup. All right. At number 10, the Cardinals. Arizona traded up and selected Josh Jordan <laughs> TV from UCLA. I just, I mean... There was a there was a few things on him where he just right away. I think when he was selected and when he was interviewed right away, he was he wasn't fired up, but all he said was, you know, there was nine there were nine mistakes ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Um, He's pissed. So I'm gonna you know I'm gonna prove everyone wrong, prove everyone they made a mistake. It's like, my thing is, dude, you're just okay. Well, did you hear about what happened at the airport? No, I didn't. So check this out. So I guess there were some Browns GMs at the airport, and they just happened to be behind the UCLA volleyball team. Oh, I and, did hear about that. Yeah, this. and the bunch this. of the girls were talking about him, and so the Browns went and asked the girls what kind of guy he's like, and they're like, oh, well, if you want to know that, like, you should go talk to his girlfriend. Like, I did hear about super, that. Like, sounded super negative about that. I, hear, I heard that. It was, on, uh, it was on your boy Colin Hayward's mm-hmm. show. Um, Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd, sorry, sorry. Uh, forgive me, dude. Um, but yeah, like. They got into it a little bit because, um, yeah, Cowherd was. Uh, he told the story and he was basically, like, that's where I heard it from. He told the word. story and he was basically surprised at. He was surprised at the answer and he had a guest on at the time. I forget who the guest was, but um, they basically made a deal about it to where they asked him, 
they asked one of the coaches, one of the, it was the volleyball coach you said? I think, I think that's what they said. Yeah, they asked one of the other coaches in the athletic department, what type of guy is Josh Allen? And they said, I think the coach, it wasn't one of the girls, mm. I think it was the coach that told him, oh, you might want to go ask his girlfriend. Yeah, and they just kind of took that as like. Uh, I think the I think the guy the guest that he had on mm-hmm. uh, said that the cute the Browns scout or coach whoever it was basically said that's all I need to know. Yeah, if like, you can't give me a character reference, if like, you don't have anything good to say about him, basically, that's all we need to know. Right, like so. Yeah, that I and I kind of like the fact that they didn't draft him like that then. Yeah. If he's not a good dude, I don't want that in my locker room. Yeah, dude. I think culture is a huge thing when it comes to winning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Did you ever see a draft day? No. That was basically, the, that was basically what draft day was about. Uh, right now. Culture. Kevin, Kevin Costner? Mm-hmm. No, that's good. So. Um, but yeah, that was basically what draft day was about. He was, you got, I'm not going to do it for, for you, but yeah. Right you gave it a watch. Uh, but anyway, so. But yeah, I mean, I agree, dude. If, I mean, if. If they're going based off a of character alone, you can't fault them for that. So no, yeah. So yeah, nobody outside of his circle knows what type of guy he really is. So you know, I guess they'll find out. I guess the Cardinals are going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he's the most NFL-ready quarterback, though. My only so. question with him is because he has a bum knee—not a bum knee, but yeah, he's smart enough. I think he's got a good enough arm. I think he has the physical tools. I think he has the mental tools. I think he's the most ready quarterback right now. Yeah, fair. It's fair. Uh, just going through 11 through 14 right here. I'm, we're not going to read anymore, but 11 through 14. Uh, so Miami selected Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick. From Bama. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 12, the Bucks selected Vite Vea, defensive tackle from Washington. Good pickup. And number 13, Washington selected um, Duran Payne, defensive tackle from Bama. And at 14, our very own UTSA alum, Marcus Davenport. The Saints traded up to get Marcus Davenport at number 14. So I just kind of... They needed that, though. Huh? They needed some pass rush. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The big thing about... the big Why did I say thing? The big thing about Marcus was, um, I think... The analysts, on, the analysts on whatever it was broadcasted on were a little surprised by the pick, um, which they have every reason to be surprised. But they were a little surprised by the pick. But they, but one analyst said that Marcus has just a huge upside, which is very true. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've watched. A little bit. Okay. Well, he, he's. I mean, he's dude. He gets off the snap insanely quick. Right. And. I, yeah, so I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I just wanted to give a shout out to him. Uh, first thing, first step instincts are huge. Yeah, so. yeah. So I'm um, hoping he does well uh, as a UTSA as a UTSA alum. I'm hoping he does well. He might even start a few games. Um, but yeah, I just think that's a big step for the program for UTSA football in general, for UTSA in general, really. Yeah. Uh, to have a dude. Dude, we we've as a, as a school we've had the program for I want to say seven years, something like that. We're mm-hmm. going into our seventh or eighth year, and this is already like we have a we have a top fifteen draft pick. That's impressive, man. It's a very it's a very yeah. big deal. So. Good coaching. Yeah. So, um, congrats, Marcus. If you listen to this, man, would love to have you on the show one day. Uh, hopefully, we get there, and hopefully, we can cross paths and talk to you someday. Um, he follows me on Twitter, so that's pretty cool. Thanks. <laughs> but he also follows a whole lot of other people. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, that's all. That's about all I had on the NFL draft. Uh, you got anything else? 
Who do you think out of the top 14 is going to like have the best output from their... Without being biased? Yeah. Okay, top 13. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm really... You know what, dude? I'm really interested to see how Baker does. I, I don't hate the guy. I kind of believe you that I don't think he'll start. I hope he doesn't. At least. But uh, something tells me he will start. Not right away, though. I don't think he'll start within the first five games. Okay. I think sure. he might play, but he won't start. I'm curious as to... Uh, was it Seattle? Or somebody picked up one of the... I thought, it was a cool, I thought it was a cool story. I don't know if it's... That's not Saquon Barkley. It's... Uh, I, God, I wish... I, I should have wrote down the name. But... Um, there was a... There was a guy that got drafted and he's going to play with his twin brother in Seattle. Oh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the guy at a UCF. Yeah. Um, Let's look it up. Let's look it up while we're doing this. I can't remember his name. I want to say it was something Griffin. I don't want to try to pronounce his name and mess it up. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. Shaquille. Shaquille Griffin? Shaquille and Shaquille Griffin, yeah. So uh, Shaquille Griffin out of UCF was drafted number 148. Sorry, number 141 overall by the Seahawks, and it was just a cool story because he's going to play with his twin brother, Shaquille Griffin. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was a cool story. This guy is... Uh, <laughs> Elephant in the room. He also has one hand. He also has one hand, which I was going to bring up, but, yeah. It's fucking it's just, impressive, though. If that doesn't dude, teach you you can do anything you want to, I do not dude. know what does. Seriously. I feel like it's he got drafted to the NFL with one hand. Out of a mid-major university, Dude's a beast, though, man. Dude's yeah, a... he is. I'm not down it. But like, oh, uh, Seahawks also picked up the punter out of Texas. No way. Yeah, cool. he punted like 80 yards or 60 yards in practice or something like that, just oh, for funsies. Wow. See, I'm really curious about Minka Fitzpatrick going to Miami. I have heard amazing things. I've heard again, he's like a culture changer. Like he can come in and turn a defense around. I'm really curious to see what Miami's defense looks like with him on the field. Minka, it's Minka uh-huh. Fitzpatrick. Is mm-hmm. that... Okay, cool. But anyway. That's about all we have. Yeah. Uh, moving on here. So NBA. NBA? NBA. There we go. NBA playoffs. Here we go. Uh, so as we're recording this right now, this series, the NBA playoffs are... It's down to four teams. Down to the top four. We got Boston, uh, which is the two seed. The Cavaliers, which are the four seed right now. They're looking at 2-1 Boston. Uh, they have another game Monday, May 21st. Um, that's going to be at the Cavaliers, and then they go back to the Celtics after that. And then we have on the West, um, Houston 1, Golden State 2. The series right now is tied 1-1. Yeah. Uh, with a game at uh, the Warriors coming up uh, today, as a matter of fact, as we're recording this on the 20th. As we're recording this right um, in a couple hours, yeah. Um, That series is 1-1, you said, right? It is 1-1, yeah. The Warriors came out and knocked off the Rockets game 1, 119-106. And then the Rockets came back um, all pissed off (laughs) and won 121-105. So we talked about about this a little bit last night, um, just with open discussion at the bar. Mm -hmm. But um, what did you give the scenario? You said... So if Boston wins, if the Houston, if Houston beats Warriors, right? So our question, the first question that we asked is, does Boston beat Cleveland or does Cleveland beat Boston? Correct, correct. To which my answer was, I believe Boston will win in seven. Right. I think LeBron James takes a few more games. I think 
the caliber of player that he is almost demands it. You know? Yeah. Um, and just because you have one of the better coaches in the ML NBA, <laughs> NBA um, doesn't mean that players like LeBron can't take a game over. Yeah. So I have the Celtics in seven. Now the next question was is um, Houston Rockets, Golden State, like who who goes from there? So my whole thing was is if Golden State wins, I believe Golden State will beat Boston. However, if the Rockets win, I believe the Celtics will beat the Rockets. So I believe the NBA championship will come down to either the Golden State Warriors beating the Boston Celtics or the Boston Celtics beating the Houston Rockets. That's fair. And I, I don't know why. That's just my gut feeling. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right now, I'm at the point where I think Golden State is going to take it all only because I feel like they just have too many weapons. Yeah. As a Spurs fan, watching watching this year's uh, playoff series against them, I, can, I think I can say with confidence that I speak for most Spurs fans when I say we kind of went into that series knowing, like, without Kawhi, with kind of a beat-up year... It was going to be tough. It was going to be very tough. It was going to be tough. And you just kind of realized it. I think I, think I realized the game, too. I realized it, like... Three days before we started. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I, I went into it optimistic, of course, because I, I mean, yeah, like you do, yeah. But game two, the first half, we played about as good as we could have played. Game three, or sorry, the second half of game two, we kind of came back down to earth, and Golden State woke up, and that's when I told myself, it's just. It's really hard to beat a team that's got so many weapons. You have to nearly play perfect in order to beat this team. And Manu said, Manu said it many times. You know, you almost have to play a perfect game in order to beat this team. And you have to do that four games in a row. Mm-hmm. Not four games in a row, but you have to do that for four games. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that many weapons, not to say if you don't have that many weapons, but if you don't have weapons to stop their weapons, if you can't slow them down, it's very difficult to beat them. And I think Golden State just has way too many weapons. Mm-hmm. The Clay Thompson was the one that killed us in that series. In my, right. I mean, because they didn't have uh, Steph, did they? they? They did not have Steph. Maybe like for the first or second game or something like that, or was it? Did they not have no, Steph at all? No, he didn't play at all until That's the second thought. series. Okay. Um, until round two. Um, but I just on a team, there's points that I want to make on a team that has Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and. Uh, Clay Thompson, Clay Draymond, Thompson Green, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala. Clay Cook. Thompson is the one that killed us, and the other guys kind of got there, kind of got there, so to speak, their stats and whatever. But Clay Thompson is the one that beat us, in my opinion. Um, we 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 tried to figure him out. Well, that's the thing. Every okay, so in NBA, typically you or not typically, but you have to guard. You know, a lot of teams will have one main guy you got to guard. Yeah, they have five main guys. You they gotta have guard. five. That's what I want to. Yeah, that's what I want to go into. Like. Try to stop Clay. They still have a guy named KD. Try to stop KD. Try to stop. They still have Steph. They still have Steph. Try Try to stop Steph. Steph. They still have Andre Iguodala. And Draymond. And Draymond Draymond Green. The tall center who likes to hurt people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's just too many weapons for me, dude. It's uh, I don't see anybody beating them right now. I know there was a lot of talk about them slumping at the end of the season. But that just, they clearly woke up against us first game and 
I just don't see anybody stopping them right now. And they're all still, or the Warriors are still incredibly well coached. I mean, every one of these teams is incredibly well coached. I mean, you have Kerr, D'Antoni, Brad Stevens, and then LeBron James coaching the Cavaliers. Like, you have excellent coaches. The whole time. Don't you know what I'm saying? Shade, huh? Yeah, a little bit. But <laughs> Tyrone Lou is just a figure. He's like the monarchs. You know, he's like, he's, be there. Yeah, he's like the Queen of England. He doesn't make any choices. You he's know what I'm saying? There to be there. He's just there to make other people feel better. Yeah. But anyway, in my opinion. Yeah. But whatever. That's my that's my take on it. I think Golden State wins it all, no matter who comes out of it. No, I mean I do like Boston. I do like I do too. I like Brad I think Stevens. It's gonna be a great series yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. They really think it's gonna be a great series. Yeah. And all of this without Kyrie, which all, trips me up. Dude, yeah. And without Gordon. Without yeah. Hayward. Yeah. Um I think it's gonna be a great coaching matchup for it's sure. Scary team, man. Um but I think Golden State still still takes it in seven, six or seven, most likely seven. Um, that's my take. Yeah, I got like I said. I either have Wolf. Houston losing to the Celtics or um, the Golden State beating. Yeah, just for just for fun, who do you think wins tonight's game? Houston or Houston or uh, Golden State? Golden State. Golden State. Yeah. Okay. Golden State didn't lose two in a row. Who do you think wins Game Four of Boston and Cavs? Cavs won last night. It's two one. Boston. Boston? Yeah. Right. You don't get blown out like that and then not come back and play a better yeah, game. That's true. That's you true. know what I'm saying? All right. We'll, so. s- we'll, we'll see where we are next time we record. Yeah. We'll figure it out. All we'll right. Here and a little bit of MLB talk. There was a. Um, so we, I think we both follow MLB on Instagram. I do. Yeah. There was a. They posted something cool. They've been posting. Shout out to their Instagram. Shout out to their social media. Page. Yeah, they're doing a really good. They, like, they are. Yeah. I like what they're doing. Man. Um, but they posted a really cool thing where it was uh, the four big records, or not four big records, but it's like four of the most impressive records that are standing so active in MLB right now. And uh, we kind of wanted to go over them and talk about them and see what's realistically uh, has a chance of being broken. So the four are uh, Cal Ripken, that, and the last one, the fifth one that you have down, is not even a, is not even a record we want to get to. It. Yeah, anyway, I was going to say, we added one of our we own because our it's... Own so fucking it's, impressive. It's ridiculous. But uh, so Cal Ripken Jr.'s streak of 2,632 consecutive games played. We've recorded previous episodes and we talked about this because we talked about it. We wanted to talk about it right away. But going coming back to it, still no shot of being broken. Not even close. No shot. Nobody. No shot. No. Not, no, not no, in no. our lifetime. No. Not in our kids' lifetimes. No. Not in our grandchild's lifetimes. No, no shot. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way the game is played nowadays. Correct. The philosophy behind the game has changed. You don't it's, do that anymore. You don't do that anymore. This guy had to have played hurt. Yeah. He had to have played hurt in order to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's just not going to be done ever again. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah, no, it won't. <laughs> no. No. Um, Nolan Ryan's seven career no hitters. Maybe no, no. Maybe no. Maybe no. Not in our lifetime. (sighs) Not in anybody's lifetime anymore. Again, the philosophy of the game has changed. We don't keep pitchers in that long. We'll pull pitchers during like no nos. Yeah. And we'll have a team no no. The Dodgers, I think, just did that the other day to the Padres. They did it in the Mexico series. Yeah. 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 And so we pull players even when they're doing really well, not because we don't want them to achieve that. Accomplishment, but the because is, we want is, to protect them. Yeah, the game has changed. Yeah. Um, Ricky Henderson, 1,400 and six stolen bases. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe. Getting th- more feasible? Maybe. But I don't know. I don't think anybody has that kind of speed anymore. I really feel like nobody in, nobody in the league tries to steal anymore. Am I wrong? Like, I mean, there are guys who definitely steal. They'll have 30-30 seasons or 20-20 seasons. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But not as much anymore. I don't think... I mean, it's obviously it's still a talent to have, but with the level of, you know, catching talent that there is out there right now, they, you know, their ability to throw it down to second with the guys who can steal, with the guys who focus with the way that the game is played, like how the like coaches decide to make calls, like yeah. maybe. But also, he played for the A's, and they didn't have much going on for him. That was pretty much the only thing they had. And he's just kind of a freak of nature with how fast he is. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So more power to him. Um, Next, Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hit streak. That's the only... That's the only realistic one I see. I, same. And again, that's tough. That's tough. I think the closest maybe like 30s or 20s or something. Maybe something in the 40s. Yeah. But like that, I think, is the most realistic but still extraordinarily tough. Did we look at last time? Who's, who's gotten close? I don't remember. I feel like Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins had some pretty long consecutive hit streaks yeah. when they were playing at Philly. Yeah. But even then, nobody's gotten close enough for me to remember. Yeah. So if that says anything about it, you know what I'm saying? But that would be the one I think that could potentially be. Same here. Yeah. Same here. I think it's most realistic, I think. Anyone ridiculous? This next one, although all of those are insane, this next one to me almost is the most unrealistic one. Oh, for sure. Even. Okay, so we're talking about Greg Maddox. Um. What was it? It was... Greg Maddox pitched a complete game. As a picky bag falls off that Alex had Jimmy John's with. <laughs> it was delicious. Uh, Greg Maddox pitches a complete game against the Cubs. They win 4-1. It wasn't a no-no. It wasn't anything like that. But he pitched a complete game in 70... What is that? 76 pitches. That's like three innings, four innings, for a lot of pitchers in today's major... like. In today's game. What were the stats, dude? It was, uh, so let me bring this back up again. It was, so he threw a complete game against the Chicago Cubs using, 70, using just 76 pitches. Um, of those, only 13 were balls. He never got to a 3 0 count. Or, yeah, 3 0 count. And, uh, what else? What else? What else? Yeah, just pretty crazy. Um, there was an ad playing, and I didn't want the ad to interrupt us, but, um, just pretty straight ridiculous, would you say? It's, uh, I don't, it's, I have a hard time believing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I think somebody messed up. <laughs> like, that's unreal. So the game took two hours and seven minutes. I mean, that, I don't, oh my God. Even with the rate of, even with his rhythm that he's going at. Yeah. You got to think about the other guy, the other pitcher. Yeah. He, he had to have been going pretty quickly, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking, like. Two three minute innings. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't. I don't understand. I, I. I have to go watch that game again. I have to find that game somewhere because I need to see what that game looked like. I don't. I can't. That'd be cool to look it up. I have a hard time like imagining what that game. That'd be cool to look it up. Yeah, you know I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, be, we should watch that. We should. Yeah. We, we should. put that in the notes. So yeah, I think we made a bet to ourselves personally uh, going over these four. I forgot what the bet was, but which one do we think was most realistic? I think I said the, I think I said the no hitters, which I'll, I mean I'll make it again. I, 
I can see it happening one day. Maybe not. Maybe not in our lifetime. But I can. I, stupid to say, I can see it happening. Not in our lifetime. No, I think so. I got the hit streak. You got the hit streak. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can see no hitters happening now. I can see the next whoever the hell coming along and just right roping them along. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of MLB, another one of the things that we stole from uh, from <laughs> from their Instagram deal, which I think is like a great deal to do, anyways, yeah. um, is the top five players at each position for each for the major leagues. Yeah. Um, this week we are going with uh, with first base, starting off first first kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, so my top five are going to be Cody Bellinger. Out of Los Angeles lawyers. Uh, Freddie Freeman, Atlanta Braves. And this is also in no particular order, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Texas State alum, right down the street here. Uh, plays for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Rizzo. I actually met uh, Rizzo's agent's parents, oddly enough. They live out in Horseshoe Bay, out by Austin. No way. Yeah. I was Very selling cool. direct TV at Sam's Club. Dude. <laughs> I did not know. They were very nice people, though. Dude, um, but they were cool. Uh, uh, and he plays for uh, the Cubs right now. And then Joey Votto coming out of um, Cincinnati. Um, the Cincinnati Reds are one of, I think, maybe the underrated players at first base. And then my honorable mention is going to be uh, Miggy, Miguel Cabrera, just because of the way he's changed the game and how much fun he has when he plays. It's so much fun to watch him. Yeah. Um, but those are my top five. Going down my list here, um, pretty much the same list. I gotta go. I gotta go. Rizzo, Goldsmith, Votto, Miggy, and Pujols. I'm giving. I'm giving a shout out to Pujols mm-hmm. because he just hit his three thousand. He just got his three thousand. Three thousand. Uh, it was against the Seattle Mariners, right? Was yeah, it? Was just, yeah, it was against the Seattle Mariners. I knew it was to right field. Yeah, to right field. I'm pretty sure it was in Seattle. Um, but I just think it's pretty cool because he's the most recent one to do it since Beltran, since Adrian Beltran. Um, he deserves it too. He did, well, He's a machine. Yeah, well deserved it. Yeah. I think that's even his nickname, Mahina. Oh yeah. Like, or Makina, or how you say it? Uh, Mahina. 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 I don't know. I, I speak German, not Spanish. Yeah. So, but, uh, which is you know super handy in the middle of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have a I don't have an honorable mention. I just I mean I have to give it to those because those are just the one. Those are the five standouts in my opinion in my mind when I think of first baseman in the league. Right. Um, but yeah, moving on. Cool. Alex's favorite subject here. Yeah. So we got the World Cup coming up this summer, sir. I am so fucking excited. Can you want to go over the dates and uh, explain to the soccer, to the non-soccer fans, how was soccer played? Uh, with your feet, mostly. You're not allowed <laughs> to touch the ball with your hands, except the goalie is. Correct. So for those of you who don't keep up with soccer, which I'm not sure if too, too many will be listening um, to our show if they're not somewhat familiar with soccer. Yeah, I have a friend who's, who wants to listen to the show. He's a huge soccer fan, so yeah. Um, so yeah, soccer, international game football, uh, played with your feet, two teams, 11 players, a um, bunch of different formations. Whoever scores more wins. If you tie, you tie. If you lose, then sucks to be you. Um one of my favorite games, though, because of how well it can be played and how beautiful it is when it's played certain ways, um, I think it's also great because it's an international game. The whole world, like, excluding the United States, <laughs> loves, loves soccer. And even then, the United States is really turning around. Um, 
But yeah, so great, great, great game. If you don't know it, I highly recommend watching it. It can be boring as all get out, but once you understand some of the finer details and you see some of the the coaching tactics and the tenacity of some of the players, you find exciting goals to watch, exciting guys to watch. I think you'll fall in love with it much like I did. So funny story. So uh, the reason that I got into soccer is so a buddy of (laughs) so a buddy of mine and I were out drinking one day at this bar in San Marcos and I was underage um, and he was flirting with the bartender the whole time and he thought he was Billy Badass and he told the bartender hey my buddy's under 21 and she's like you guys gotta get the fuck out of here so we're like alright fine so we take off and we go back to his house and he's like hey man like you wanna go drink some more and I was like yeah sure let's do that so we're drinking and using other narcotics and we're having a great time and I am just like <laughs> blasted out of my mind I'm not proud of this by the way but it's what happened so yeah if you want to know anything about me i would be glad to tell you i am as transparent as it gets so anyway um so a buddy of mine we're out there and we get back to his house and his friend's playing fifa the whole time and i'm watching and i'm like fuck soccer fucking stupid game stupid soccer stupid because i played like once when i was like seven um which is actually where i met one of my best friends that i've had i've known since we were like seven lives in san marcus no uh dylan Dylan. um but anyway so i'm sitting there and you know i'm you know i'm feeling all cocky and confident because i've been drinking like my four coronas and again underage so i'm like trat and that's not true but we had been drinking a lot um I don't even like Corona. I like Dos Equis more. Anyway, so he's like, hey, man, do you want to play? And I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> That's a stupid question. Let's do this, being the ultra competitive guy that I am. So games in FIFA run six minutes each half. By the way, soccer has two halves, 45 minutes, 90 total. Uh, stoppage time, if anybody gets injured, usually one to like five-ish minutes. Um, there's a half time. Depends on how long it do Anyway. Um, so yeah, we play, and in FIFA on the Xbox, it's only 12-minute games. He beats me 15-1. to 1. I score in like the second minute. I felt like I was the coolest guy on the planet, and then he scores 15 consecutive goals, and you would swear that I had never looked at an Xbox before. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> I was so bad and so intoxicated <laughs> that I drove to GameStop immediately following that. <clears throat> bought FIFA, and then went home and played it for seven hours straight. I was so mad that I lost that I never wanted to lose again. I played for seven hours straight. I called out of work the next day. Like, I ordered two pizzas and just sat in my room and played FIFA seven hours straight. Went back to his house, challenged him to a game while I was sober, Beat him two to one. Felt like a god king. (laughs) Since that day, I've loved soccer. But anyway. So, World Cup is coming up, and I am extraordinarily excited because it's one of the few times that the entire world all focuses on the same thing, and it's usually positive. Albeit teams win and teams lose, people are heartbroken, people are super excited. We all focus on one thing for just a while. Whereas the Super Bowl gets a couple million viewers, the World Cup gets a couple billion viewers, right? So, extraordinarily excited for this to come up, and I cannot stress that enough. It starts on the 13th, uh, so it runs, um, at least the first game is on June 11th. Um, That will be, uh, or not, excuse me, not the first team, but the first game is on June 14th between Russia, the host country, and Saudi Arabia. Um, so what I wanted to do today is just kind of go over real quick. Um, 
let's see here, who I think uh, is going to make it out of each group. So the World Cup is broken up into different groups of four teams a pop, um, and it goes A through H. Um, all of these teams have qualified to make it. They weren't just randomly chosen. They've played a certain amount of games, won a certain amount of games, won a certain amount of tournaments, um, and so they have made it in. Um, group A starts out with Russia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Uruguay. I think this is going to be a very interesting group, being that Russia is the hosting country. Egypt has the top scorer in the Premier League right now, which has never happened in Mohamed Salah. Um, extraordinarily, extraordinarily talented. Um, and then Uruguay, who usually is a very good soccer team. Um, they're a South Amer I believe they're in South America. I could be mistaken, um, but I'm fairly confident they're in South America. And I think they have um, some really good talent up front, uh, especially, yeah, they are in South America. But they have Suarez and Cavani, um, who are two of the top strikers in the world. Suarez plays for Barca, um, and Cavani plays for PSG. So, out of this group, I I would I think Uruguay is going to make it first. Second place is going to be tough for me. Um, it's either going to be Egypt or Russia. I I'm going to have to lean towards Russia. No, actually, I lied. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to say. Ooh, damn. No, I'm, I'm, I don't know. That's going to be tough. So it's either going to be Russia or Egypt as the second team that makes it out. Um, I would really like to see Egypt make it out just because of Muhammad Salah. I, I, I truly believe that he can be a difference maker, especially teams like against like Russia and Saudi Arabia, um, whereas Russia's been struggling a little bit, Saudi's been struggling a little bit. Um, I believe that uh, Uruguay will make it out for sure, and then it'll be a toss-up between Egypt and Russia, and I'm, I'm leaning Egypt. Group B, we have Portugal, Spain, Morocco, and Iran. Uh, this one is a pretty easy one for me. I have Portugal and Spain. Um, Spain has some of the best players in the world right now. Um, I think they have a lot of really talented youth as well. Um, Portugal has, of course, Ronaldo. They just won the European Cup not too long ago. Um, so they're kind of been on a roll a little bit. Again, they have some really good talent coming up. Um, but I think the, those two will very, very easily move past Morocco and Iran. Although don't sleep on either one of those two teams. Group C, I have France, Australia, Peru, and Denmark. Um, out of this group, I have France and Denmark moving out. Uh, Peru is a very good team, but they're kind of inconsistent for my taste. And Australia is just terrible. Um, they're not terrible. They're just not super duper great. Um, and France, of course, being one of the favorites to win, um, at least being up there, they have a lot of really good talent. Uh, Pogba and yeah. like Mapan, like they just have a team full of good yeah. players. Uh, group D, we have Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. This will be a fun group to watch. Iceland is the little team that made it pretty far into the European Championship. Um, everybody was really rooting for them. They're the guys that kind of coined that Viking clap that we all now know, where it's super slow and it gets faster and faster and faster. Um, so they're going to be really fun to watch. Argentina is always fun to watch. Lionel Messi at the helm. Um, you know, they, they tend to make it out of the group stages pretty easily. They don't always make it to the finals. They lost, they did the last time. They lost to Germany 1 0. Um, huge Germany fan here, by the way. Um, well, I'm kind of. I have, part German, right? Yeah, I was about to say, I have a pretty decent amount of German 
in my blood. Um, but out of this group, I see Croatia and Argentina moving on. Uh, Croatia has a very talented team. They have Luka Modric. Uh, they have um, Rakitic. They have some really good players coming out of Croatia. A couple of them actually play for Barca. So they have some talent on that team. And usually they're a pretty strong team in general. Um, Nigeria is also good. Iceland's also good. Again, one of the big things about this 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 um, the World Cup is that you can't sleep on any team, really. There are teams that are better, there are teams that are worse, but you can't sleep on anybody. What's soccer do to everybody's... I'm sorry, I, I know zero about soccer, but I'm looking forward to watching this, but I mean, I just... I think, in my mind, you don't have any bad teams because... Right, right. It's international. Mostly right. international. No... It's no, uh, sorry, it's no savagery towards U.S. We just simply didn't qualify. Right. Anyways. Whoa, we're pretty bad. <laughs> well, we're not bad. We, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I mean, teams are, teams are good. They're Correct. Few, they're there for a reason. Correct. Yes. So moving on, Group E, we have Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, and Serbia. Um, this is kind of a tough one for me. I think Brazil and Switzerland are moving out. Costa Rica is a very tough team. Um, they have a really good defense. They play pretty sound football, especially for being such a small country. Um, I actually just worked. My former boss was just moved back from Costa Rica when she opened up um, her B&B up in Colorado. Nice. Yeah. Um, lived there for a while. But anyway, Serbia is also another excellent team. Can't sleep on anybody, but I, I think that the Spice and Brazil will, or the Swiss, sorry, Spice, Spice uh, the Swiss and uh, Swiss. Brazil will be moving out of that group. Um, Sweden play? Yes, they're in the next group, as a matter of fact. They're in group F, which is going to be Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea. Sweet. Now, this is going to be a really interesting group. Germany moves on no problem in my in my mind. Who takes number two is tough. Again, much like group A between England, or not England, excuse me, uh, Egypt and uh, um, Russia. Mexico and Spain are very much in that group. Mexico is a very talented team, and they have historically not done as well as I'd like to see them do. Um, Sweden, another great team. Don't have Zlatan up top, but a very good defensive team. Um, I, think, I think Mexico makes it out. I think Sweden has a tough time against Mexico, Germany. Maybe they beat South Korea. But whatever the case is, I still see Germany and Mexico making it out. But again, close toss-up for me for who gets out of there as well. So, uh, one of the easier groups for me to pick out my two is Group G, who has Belgium, Panama, Tunisia, and England. England and Belgium move on without a problem. Two of the most talented teams. And I think Belgium has a very good shot of making it all the way to the finals. They have one of the better attacking groups up front that I've seen in a very long time. They have Eden Hazard, who's been playing for Chelsea. Uh, they have De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne, who plays for Man City. Um, they have Romelu Lukaku, who plays for uh, Man U. Like, they have a very talented group of very well-coached, well-trained, and determined players up front. Cool. I think they could seriously make a push um, really far into this tournament. And then for the last group, Group H, we have Poland, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan. Um, I <laughs> This is not a super fun group for me. I don't particularly, and I say this, and it's no disrespect to any of these countries, I don't particularly care about any of these teams. I have nothing vested in them. Um, I am going to, however, pick Poland and Colombia um, 
to make it out of the... Actually, you know what? Yeah, no, I'm going to pick Poland and Colombia to make it out. Uh, Jaime Rodriguez coming out of Colombia, I think, is going to be a difference maker um, in a couple of different games here. Uh, and then Poland usually is a pretty strong team. Um, and they usually come out and have a pretty good showing. Um, but we'll see how all that goes. But yeah, so th those are my... Uh, those are my picks for all of the groups. And again, I'm very, very excited to see how this goes. Again, just because for a little while, the whole world is kind of focused on something that unifies us yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Um, so that'll be, that'll be pretty exciting Should to be watch. Fun, I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah. In case you couldn't tell from my monotone demeanor. Totally couldn't tell at all. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you got anything else football-wise? No, man. I'm just really excited. Yeah. Um, Man, you didn't have a super great ending season. Got second place in the Premier League. Lost in the Cup to, uh, I think, Chelsea 1-0. So they didn't really get to take any silverware home. Iniesta, uh, one of the arguably greatest players for um, Barcelona, just retired today. So congratulations to him. This was his last game. Um, yeah, the world, soccer world is changing a little bit. Players and powers are shifting, and it's going to be really interesting to kind of see where yeah. things start to fall. So, yeah. And also, Wayne Rooney just signed for D.C. United. And this is how I know that the U.S. is kind of moving to paying attention to soccer. So Wayne Rooney is one of the best players to ever play in England. Mm -hmm. They signed him to D.C. United, and we are saying that that might not be a good thing. Yeah. Because he's not as good anymore. Uh, it's almost pointless to sign him. Uh, I'd rather get somebody who's younger to, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. it's interesting. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Another show. Maybe another show. Yeah. I don't know. But that's all we got, man. That's, that's it. That's episode two, Senor. That's, well, technically number one. Technically number one. Sorry. But Sorry. Intro and episode number one, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. There. All right, brother man. All right. So technically episode number one after the intro episode, but we hope you've uh, enjoyed the content we've brought you. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for listening. For those Appreciate of you who are listening. Reach out to us, guys. Talk to us again. Let us know yeah. how we're doing. Yeah. What's good? What's bad? We've, uh, what's ugly? We've had this in our minds for a few months now. And like I said, we've uh, just things of different varieties have kept us from starting, but we're finally getting going. We're here well, now. We'll have, we'll have this ready for you here soon. Or, yeah, we'll, you know, it's ready for you now. <laughs> so, thank <laughs> as you're listening to this, it's ready for you now. Right. Um, but, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Get in touch with us. Once again, the, the email is going to be double A sports. So, that's double spelled out, one A sports show at gmail.com. Find us on all our socials. It's going to be AA sports show on pretty much everything. And then um, I think we're going to try to get some swag here. We're going to try to get some. Uh, shirts or kind of something. Um, Hats, shirts, yeah, keychains, yeah. bottle openers. We're trying to get all those, all that good stuff going uh, to give and send out to you all and create some fun contests and I don't know, just ways to give it to you. So ways to get it to you, I should say. As well, if there is anything that you guys would like to hear us talk about research look into please feel free to let us know we oh, enjoy yeah. doing this kind of stuff oh, hell yeah. hell so yeah. please let us know if there's something that you are interested in that you would like us to talk about and yeah, we'd be more yeah. than glad to look into it yeah for sure if there's if there's if we brought something up and that you think that took your mind somewhere else and you want to send it along our way and have us look into it please do please do um yeah 
Yeah, we're very open to that. And uh, send hate mail as well. Let us Please know do. Let Please us know do. Doing. Let us know what you think is bad. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> I, we recorded a previous episode and I said, I don't want to hear hate mail. But now I don't care. I just, I'm at a point I just don't care. So send it if you want to. I don't care. Um, but yeah, you got anything else? That's it for me, brother man. All right, sir. We will see you all next time. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for giving us your time and your ears. And uh, enjoy the rest of your whatever, how long of day you have. (laughs) Peace. Peace.